0: Awesome, Don't Want to Waste My Life. We started last week, um, Claire talked to us about Don't Want to Waste Our Summer, and if you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to check out that talk. It was a great way for us to start this series, start into our summer. And how many of you, when they were singing Hot Fun in the Summertime, wanted to do the sprinkler? How many? Raise your hand. How many even know what the sprinkler is? I mean, it's just so fitting. I just felt like, you know, sometimes you just got to hold back (laughs) to not distract. And sometimes, you don't. Claire is always cheering me on to make a fool of myself. So anytime that happens, it's her fault. Okay? Let's get that straight. If you could open up your Bible if you have them, or if you look at the Scripture on your phone, you're welcome to do that. Uh, If you don't have either... Uh, you are certainly welcome to read along with us. In Luke chapter 4, we want to talk this morning about don't waste your freedom. Uh, obviously, going into July 4th, what, a, what an amazing country that we live in. We're all so grateful for that. Um, and uh, I want to talk to all of us. Freedom is really an interesting subject. Uh, scripturally, it comes up, all, the, the term freedom or being free Freely giving, we read that, uh, uh, we, we've read that in the past, different scriptures like that, but almost 300 times the word free or freedom comes up in scripture. So it's a really important topic um, for God to want to discuss with us. So Luke chapter 4 is one of those places. Give you a little bit of backdrop. This is Jesus is now obviously born, he's on the scene. Uh, he's had the temptation in the wilderness. He's been baptized by John the Baptist, and he goes off into the wilderness. And his ministry has now, he's gone public. And he has begun his public ministry, and that's where we pick up the story here, Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And it says, And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Everyone say, power of the Spirit. Power. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. So he reads, it's from Isaiah 61. He was, it was handed to him. He unrolled it and found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. Everyone say good news. He has, pro- he has given me, anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of the sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Everyone say the Lord's favor. It's a beautiful portion of scripture. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing in the harbor of New York City stands the Statue of Liberty. A lot of you are probably familiar with some of the writing on it. Perhaps this portion you are familiar with. Give me your tired and your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of the teeming, your teeming shores. Send, send their homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door, and the Statue of Liberty is full of symbolism. It is an invitation to freedom. It's a beautiful kind of communication for any country, any people to give an invitation to freedom, and we live in an amazing country, and we're, we, we should be people of deep gratitude for this nation that we live in, but this there is no nation anywhere, there is no organization, there is no people, there is no group of people that can offer true freedom. We can offer freedoms because we all would say easily that our country has, we, we all, even on this day, as we gather in this room, we experience a freedom to be able to gather and talk about the gospel, a freedom that isn't Uh, given to some folks in a lot of other countries around the world. So our country is a country that gives us freedoms, but freedom does not belong to a nation. It does not belong to a group of people, an organization, but freedom at its core belongs to God. Billy Graham put it this way, says, freedom is relative. In other words, we can say there's freedom, but even as Claire said earlier, there are levels of freedom, and there are mindsets of freedom. I heard recently T.D. Jakes, it was an old talk of his, and he was talking about celebrating July 4th as a black individual. And he said, you know, I have mixed feelings. He says, I love the United States. He says, I absolutely love it. I love to celebrate on July 4th. He said, but there is this peace that I can't get over that while we're celebrating freedom, I have to remember some of those that have gone before me that weren't free in that 4th of July. And he says, I experienced freedoms that they didn't as black people, as slaves. So even a nation and a people that are in pursuit of freedom cannot offer full freedom. We offer freedoms to one another, but only God can offer freedom. He did it in the garden, he said, commanded adam he said you're free to eat from any tree in the garden but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for when you do you will certainly die see to be free is to be free of illegitimate bondages and boundaries i want to talk to you about a couple of ours of freedom See, the truth is, is the freest people, when you read through Scripture, clearly the freest people in the world should be Christ followers. We, any of us that are Christ followers, we should acknowledge the fact that we have the the doors wide open to us to be the freest people in the world, the freest people on the face of the earth, and it's really open to anybody. Paul put it this way in Galatians 5, he said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. But then he leaves this caveat, but stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with a a yoke of slavery. See, in other words, Paul says, Jesus offers freedom. God offers us true freedom. Don't get tricked into being bound. In other words, we are offered freedom to be free. Free to live in the fullness that God created us for. We were not set free to go back into bondage, Paul says, but the truth is, as many of us still do, many of us operate on levels of bondage and being handcuffed that if we were honest, we need to be set free from. Jesus talks about it kind of categorically. He talks about personal bondages in this scripture he talks about relational bondages and circumstantial bondages or physical bondages you know those personal bondages things like addictions that continue to hold us hostage not just addictions to drug and alcohol but addiction to anything that keeps us from a relationship being fully healthy with god relational bondages that keep us in slavery, where we begin to be bound, for instance, maybe some of us bound to relationships that we shouldn't be bound to, and we know that we shouldn't be bound to those people, but we are, and we just can't get enough of it. We feel obligated. Then there's those bondages that come in relationships sometimes when we can't think clearly, and we even suffer abuses, and we feel like if we got away from that relationship that somehow we're obligated to stay in a relationship that we're being abused in. We need to be freed up from that. There's circumstantial captivity, you know, where we get stuck in economic difficulty, bound to a life of not enough. It never seems like we have enough. Physical bondages, bound to feeling bad or sick or not well constantly, and it begins to drag on us where it is literally a bondage In our life. See, freedom doesn't mean that we live without restrictions or boundaries. It actually means that we're free from illegitimate restrictions. Let me say it again freedom does not mean that we live without restrictions or boundaries. It means that we are free from illegitimate restrictions. That's the story in Genesis chapter 2, is there were legitimate boundaries and restrictions that God placed on Adam and Eve, and they went into the illegitimate. And it's at that moment that we get into problems, that we open up ourselves to bondages, See, legitimate restrictions are healthy. For instance, you could think of them in these terms, just general things like you and I were not intended to live in water. I mean, it's good to dip in and it's refreshing to dive in and it's good. I mean, but even Michael Phelps needs to get out on the land and breathe, right? He needs to sleep outside of the water. Those are legitimate restrictions. We are restricted to things like land and air. So Jesus goes public here and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and has sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners. He has anointed me, he says, to bring good news. This whole portion of scripture, when Jesus starts out his ministry and he makes this proclamation in the synagogue, is about freedom. He had come to set us free, humanity. He was anointed, he says, to bring good news, or more literally, the good message, the evangelion, the good news to the people for the poor people, those of us that in some way we feel like we're poor. He came to bring freedom to the captive, To bring freedom to the blind, those that have some sort of infirmity or restriction on their life. Freedom for the oppressed, those bound up in this sense of slavery, however that may look in your life or mine. See, we all need freedom from something. The poor need freedom from poverty, right? If you were to tell a poor person, hey, you're going to be more poor next week, that is not really freeing. But what Jesus is saying here is he's come to bring not just relief but freedom from the things this world holds us to. Those that are prisoners need freedom from their captivity. Those that are blind need freedom from sickness and infirmity. And those that are oppressed need freedom from their slavery. Even as the scripture says we're co-laborers for Christ, when you begin to think about or co-laborers with Christ, when you begin to think about the fact that Jesus came to bring freedom in our lives and as we experience freedom ourselves, this is the invitation for us. We become freedom bearers. Not bears, bearers. It's our responsibility to bring freedom to others, captives, set them free, people bound up in poverty and slavery and infirmity and sicknesses. The whole theme of this just carries consistently through Jesus' life, all the way through the almost end of of Matthew where he, he just extols the fact of visiting prisoners in jail and feeding the poor. It's everywhere in Scripture, freedom coming to people that are caught up in bondage. Jesus says, I've come to bring good news, the erangelion, the, the spirit has anointed me. This word anointed is powerful. Now, the first thing that, that we think of is we need a resolve, a resolve to live in freedom, that we would be the kind of people that would be consistently in pursuit. So Jesus says here that he's anointed to bring freedom, anointed to bring deliverance to those in poverty or captivity, those that are infirm. He lives into that. When he says that he's anointed, what he's saying is I am duly authorized. He references here in Luke chapter four that the spirit has anointed him. Earlier, we read out of John chapter eight, which is another powerful scripture, On Jesus talking about freedom, that's where he says the truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But then he goes on a little bit further, and then he says, if you are my disciples and you essentially stay in pursuit of me, you will then be free indeed. Almost a whole nother level of freedom, beyond just knowing to be free. You can be free indeed, but he says, I am duly authorized I am the authorized representative of the Godhead. I am backed by the Spirit. In John chapter 8, it clearly says that I only do what the Father says that I should do. So essentially, the Godhead speaking through this scripture, I'm backed up by the Spirit. I am backed up by the Father. And here I am as the Son. I have the supernatural backing to tell you about freedom and to bring freedom. See, it's one thing for us to talk about freedom with one another. It's a great conversation to have. It's one thing for people to tell you we can help you get more free or whatever, but there is nothing like this. There is nothing like the supernatural power of God imparted and the anointing of God being put and poured into your life and mine, breaking bondages in our lives and freeing us from captivities. This is otherworldly stuff. That's what Jesus is saying. I have been anointed. This is not just about people talking about freedom. This isn't just as wonderful as it is. This isn't just about fireworks on the 4th of July. Jesus is saying, I have come to set you free. No matter where you live, no matter who you are, no matter where you came from, I don't know what you might need a a deeper level of freedom to live into today, but what I want to tell you and what I know for myself is only God can bring that next level in my life. God desires to bring a new level of supernatural empowerment into our lives. See, some of us have tried for years, if we were honest about it, with no results, The truth is is some of us feel like a hamster. We just get on the wheel. We're on the wheel. And we just, some days we go faster than other days. Some days we go slower. Our bondage might be things like bitterness or pornography or excessive uh, addictions or illegitimate relationships or overspending, slanderous conversations, anger, being stuck in lying behavior unforgiveness, or self-engulfed living. I could go on and on. Pick, pick pick, your choice. It's either in the room today or it's walked through the room over the last 27 years. Different types of bondages. Jesus says, I've come to set you free, to get you off of your hamster wheel, to get you out of that locked, enslaved situation that you're living in. But the truth is, is someone or something needs to reach in. The only way a hamster gets off the wheel, they're conditioned for the wheel. Something or someone needs to reach in from the outside, someone that has the authority to do it and lift the hamster out of the situation. This is what Jesus is saying, I'm anointed for the job. I am able to reach into your situation and get you off of that wheel that you continuously step onto, some of you to the point where you feel hopeless and helpless. Some, some of us in this room perhaps are feeling like we're just trying to make it. We have come to the place where we, when, when freedom is talked about and being delivered of our bondages or our enslavement, we just think, hey, I'm just trying to live this thing out. I'm trying to not make too many waves. I don't even dare hope. And Jesus would say, this is not your lot in life. I am anointed, duly authorized, the authorized representative, backed up by the Father and the Spirit to bring you life indeed. Which leads us to the second hour in freedom is this issue of receive. So that's great to hear that. I, I, I remember the first 18 years of my life. If you would have just talked to me about that piece... About the resolved peace, I would have said, "Listen, I got that before I gave my life to Christ, I got that. I would have agreed with that that Jesus is able to do that but what 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 's the other part of this? There is this peace, the second hour of receiving. if the gospel is good news as Jesus says it is good news if it is the if it is the good message if it if it is something that like is ended with an exclamation point, then how do I sign up for this kind of thing? We have to receive it. See, if the gospel is good news, and it is good news, it's good news first of all about eternity. Jesus makes that clear in John chapter eight. He says, when you see me lifted up, you'll know that there's good things going on. You will know that there is freedom when you see me lifted up. Prophesying of his Within a couple of years, crucifixion and his resurrection. So the good news, the gospel is good news about eternity. When you trust Jesus, you're on your way to heaven. The scriptures are clear about this. It says at one point, to be present from the body is to be present with the Lord. Most of us, maybe our greatest fear is that someday we'll die. And we have a fear around that. What will that look like? What will that be like? And Jesus would say to that that you can trust him with your eternity, that before you even know you are dead, you'll be in his presence. That's pretty powerful stuff. You will be in the presence of God himself. That in itself is wonderful. But what Jesus is saying here isn't simply about eternity. As a matter of fact, it's more specifically about your today. He even says it, doesn't he? Today, he says Today, this is your day. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today, the scripture is fulfilled in your midst. See, the good news does not just include eternity. The good news includes today. That's what the passage says The passage is speaking about the poor. There are no poor people in heaven. The passage is speaking about captives and prisoners. There are no captives and prisoners in in heaven. There are no blind in heaven. There is no oppression in heaven. This is talking about our today. For the poor, you can be freed from your poverty. You can move in a place of hope. And God can do something miraculous in you and through you and around you. For the captive, there is hope that somebody has paid the bail, not just for your eternity, but for today, that your captivity can be broken on this day. For the blind, you can be set free to see with spirit eyes on this day. For the oppressed, we can be lifted from our situation. Now, it's... In, it's really critical that we understand the passage. It's, it's, it's out of Isaiah 61, but Jesus references the last part, verse 14, is actually a reference to Leviticus 25. When Jesus says in verse 19, I have come to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, what he's speaking of is Leviticus 25. He's speaking of what's called and and when it says that everybody in the room, their eyes were locked on him, they knew what he was talking about. They understood this was a Jewish audience, this was a synagogue, their eyes were locked on him. They knew when he said, I have come to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, that he was talking about Jubilee. He was talking about freedom. Leviticus 25, it says, And count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that seven Sabbath years amount to the period of 49 years, and have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month of the Day of Atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout the land, consecrate the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty. Everybody say liberty. Liberty. You could use freedom there. Everybody says proclaim liberty or freedom throughout the land to all the inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for each of you to return to your family the property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. So Jesus is referencing this, this year of Jubilee, which was essentially at every 50th year, every, every debt was w- uh, wiped away, everyone returned to their homeland, everybody returned to the land that their family had, everything was restored on the 50th year. And what Jesus is saying here is he's referencing, I'm here to proclaim the year of Jubilee, but what I'm saying is today it's fulfilled in my being here, in my speaking that I am the Jubilee. What Jesus is offering to them, he's offering to us. That's why their eyes are fixed on him. He was saying when things get out of whack, trust me, I can set it right. When you feel like you've broken out of prison, I want you to live in a way that you're not looking for the prison guards to catch up to you, but that you would be freed because you have been delivered from your prison sentence. See, it's important that we receive the good news, that we receive the message, that we take it into the message. See, we can hear the good news, we can amen the good news, but still not accept and respond to the good news. We can praise the Lord for the good news, we can say hallelujah to the good news, and still not experience the good news to receive the good news is to allow it into our lives, not to sideline Jesus but to say, you know what, Jesus, I trust you that you, you are the anointed one for my life to break my captivity, my bondages my my lack the things that hinder me to bring freedom fully into my life in order for us to receive true freedom is for us to say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I, I, I give you control of my life. I open myself to your way in my life. I think the question for some of us is, is a question that uh, is said here by Rumi. It says, why do you stay in prison when the door is wide open? Jesus says, he says, to the Jews who believed in him, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Some of us simply need to acknowledge that we are fighting what we've already been given we we are fighting what's already ours to take the 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 door to the prison is open and for some reason maybe there's fear what's outside of this cell we have some concern and for whatever reason we're not walking out and taking our place fully so on this day, as we pray, I just ask us, even as we head into this 4th of July, with such gratitude for the good things, and, and we, listen, we all get there's a lot of turmoil. It's just, a, it's just a picture of the world, isn't it? It's like, yes, we sing songs in our country about this is the, this is the home of the free, this is the land of the brave, right? This is it. And we know that there are these hindrances to total freedom. What Jesus offers us goes way beyond anything anyone can offer us. So as we stand today, let's just open our lives up and say, you know, God, if there's anywhere that I am not opening myself up to your goodness, your freedom, the way you want me to live fully into the life you've created me for, First of all, I just, I, I repent of that. I apologize for that, and I open myself up to it. I want to live fully in you. I want to live like the free person that you have made me to be. It is for freedom that Christ has set each and every one of us free.
1: So we want to make an invitation for you to be um, in this week saying, how much freedom do I have? Just... Even if you could give it a percentile, I'm about 75 percent free, or 80, or wherever you are, and then say to God, "And I want to move into complete freedom." So that's yours to do this week. So the message should always open up space for us to consider for the rest of the week. Not like, "Okay, yeah, I did that." No, but how how are you going to look at freedom this week? The second thing is I want to talk to you about being a freedom bearer, or bearer, as Scott said, so freedom bearer, and um, there are refugee children in our country right now that are not free, and I want to say that Bethany Christian Services is offering ways for us to help with that, so I want you to, on your own, if you, if you have freedom and you could help bring freedom, um, contact Bethany Christian Services. And see what you can do. Because I have freedom. I also have a couple bucks I can give um, to help with the process that Bethany Christian Services is providing for refugees. So, you know, you can get caught up in the political part of this or you can get caught up in the freedom part of this. I I listen, or actually, uh, Matt, I saw, is Matt still back there? Matt, I saw right before church, and I'm going to make sure that I comment on this later, but I saw your daughter, Dr. Julie Blossom, was in the University of Michigan's LEAD magazine talking about what she's up to. And you know what she talked about? She talked about the fact that her grandfather came from Mexico to Michigan and, and worked here and made a way for his family to come and that she's a doc today uh, at, you know, at Brown Medical Center in Rhode Island because of what her grandfather did. So just shout out, Matthew, to your daughter and and helping to say, all right, so um, now I just wanna wonder how I could help bring freedom to somebody. So today, every one of us, can we just say, God, I wanna be free and I wanna help bring freedom. And how do I do that? And for every one of us, it will be a different story. There will be different ways, but God, help us to be open, to be completely free, and then to bring freedom to others. And so today, God, I bless my friends in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son who has made us free, and then in the name of the Spirit who anoints us to bring freedom to other people. Amen. Have an awesome week. Happy Fourth of July. Go set off some fireworks in <laughs> Jesus' name. No more
0: shackles, Amen. no
1: more change.